0: Welcome to our New Testament Devotional Guide. Today we are in 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus are called the pastoral epistles. They provide instruction and guidance for leadership over the churches both for Timothy and for Titus. Probably written 62 to 66 AD after Paul's Roman imprisonment where he is now freed. Timothy became a close associate to Paul on Paul's second missionary journey. Timothy was from the city of Lystra in Acts 16, 1 through 3. Timothy is now in the city of Ephesus, verse number 3. He's trying to lead and pastor a church there. Paul gives him a greeting in verses 1 through 3 and reminds us that uh, Jesus is our hope and then refers to Timothy as a true son. Then in verses 3 through 11, there's a challenge or a charge to Timothy to stand on the sufficiency of Scripture. He says, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. What were some doing? Some false teachers were trying to, to add fables or genealogies, it says in verse number number 4 but paul says look they're missing the godly edification which comes from a uh, the faith which comes then from a command of a of a preacher speaking in love and a good conscience and sincere faith and then in verse number six and seven, these false teachers also want to be involved in idle talk, and they arrogantly are, are pressing to teach. And in verse number eight, Paul says, well, the law is useful, but it's not for salvation or to work righteousness. Instead, the law is going to bring the conviction of sin, and that's what it does. And he begins this list of all the sins that are going to be convicted of uh, by, the, by the law. But Paul says, look, it's not about keeping the law in order to get to heaven. Verse number 11, it is the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. Paul came to know Jesus through the gospel. And then we see that in verses 12 through 17. Not only should Timothy stand on the sufficiency of Scripture but celebrate the life change of salvation. Paul begins this thanksgiving of how he came to know Christ. Remember, he was one who wanted to follow and fulfill the law, but now he's thankful. Paul uh, recognizes that he was a blasphemer and a persecutor, that uh, he then obtained mercy. Now, mercy is God not giving what we do deserve. And then verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Grace is God giving me what I do not deserve. So mercy and grace work together. God doesn't give me what I should have, that's mercy. Then God gives me what I do not deserve, that's grace. And he says that this grace, along with faith and love, are in Christ. And then verse 15, Paul says this is a faithful saying. And what's that faithful saying? Christ came to save sinners. Then he mentions in verse 16 and 17 how. He is a pattern of the Lord showing patience. And if the Lord can show that much patience for Paul, then he can save others. Then Paul breaks out in verse 17 with praise. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is rejoicing as he recounts his testimony. Then verses 18 through 20 Timothy is instructed to fight for the faith; that he has to wage warfare, wage the good warfare. There's a personal side: keep faith and a good conscience. In verse number 19, but there's a church side. Hymenaeus and Alexander have infiltrated the church and taught false doctrine, and they are to be uh, put away, cast out of the church. And ultimately, it says that they are to be delivered to Satan, that they may not, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Hey. Ministry has great celebrations of salvation, but there's a real battle that we are in as well. I pray that you'll stand strong in your battle today.